We changed the venue. Usually we're doing this at the ESPN MT studios, but now we're just doing it at my house because I'm supposed to have the day off from ESPN. So, of course, I'm working. But it's not actually work. I'm just hanging out with my guy, Sammy Kim, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. How you doing, bud? Thanks for coming over, man. Good. Appreciate you for having me. Uh, First of all, uh, I got to say, I was wrong. You were right. You were very uh, high on the Furman defense. You were very concerned about last week's game. Furman's defense was the real deal, man. I thought... I thought they'd be good. I, I thought Montana would roll last week. It was a, a great game, and uh, Furman oh absolutely showed up, man. Yeah, their defense was flying around, sideline to sideline. Their front seven was really the base of that defense, and oh my gosh, they they were giving our O-line everything they could handle. What was the most impressive part to you? I, I know what I think, but I'll let you go first. What was the most impressive facet of their defense? The way they just were able to stymie our run game, like – any type of run we tried to do, we were getting maybe three maximum. Yeah. Like, I just, we hadn't, we, I haven't seen that all year. Like, they've been able to get three, four, five at will, and that's what's made this team as dangerous as they are. And just the ability for them to stop that down in and down out was was mind-boggling to me. I thought twofold. I thought their preparation, because Montana's been running these wide splits, they were shooting the gaps. Oh, yeah. that, you could tell they watched so much film on that mm-hmm. because, like, 99 and 7, they were, boom. And they were just trucking Eli Gil. I mean, it's not Gilman's fault. He had nowhere to go because they were just completely keen on it. I thought yes. that, and then I thought their corners were even better than advertised. They were advertised as being really good. They were great. Yeah. Even though Montana – I mean, Keelan White made some big plays and stuff. Fonts had a couple big plays. Yeah. But Furman's corners were, were the real deal, man. Yeah. That, that one dude might – make some money playing number one yeah i mean he's he, he's good man oh yeah he's competitive as heck i was trying to tell you i, I like, know man it's gonna be so, i mean when i watched the chattanooga game i could just tell that these guys are built different than any of the defenses we have seen for sure from top to bottom cornerbacks safeties they, they just they just fly around the ball you could tell they played with enthusiasm and energy on defense i it just shows when you watch the game. So I knew that it was going to be a tall task for Montana. It's so hard at this level to have multiple interior defensive linemen that are disruptive and linebackers that can flow and, and great corners, right? Yes. Furman and Montana both have all that. That's that's why they're in the final eight. Yes. It's amazing that you know you can sometimes have some of that. Like the Montana State, for example, has great D line. Yeah. You got some linebackers that can flow but can't really cover. Yeah. And they're just all right. In the second, it's so yeah. hard to have all three levels. It's the same mm-hmm. thing in the NFL, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, we talked about how it would be hard to judge these teams because of the SOCON and how weak it is, how relatively weak it is when it comes to playoff competition. Sure. And, you know, you know, Furman backed up everything. You know, it, it they truly showed that that Wofford game was an anomaly. You know, not right. having their quarterback, not, having, not quarterback, having their running back, their yeah. running back. You know, that that did hurt them. And um, man, they 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 came with it. I'm impressed. You know, dealing with the crowd, dealing with all the the environment and everything. You know, I was I was thoroughly impressed by that team. That was the other thing is I thought that they were completely ready for the moment. Sometimes teams think they are. They talk smack like they are. All that Delaware for sure. They and, were talking, and, came and, in, and then they they did. They're not, you yeah. know. They they. And, but Furman was ready. I was very impressed with how well coached they were, and it's how tough they were. Man, they had a huge edge. I, I thought they played with significant edge. Yes, you know, you could tell it meant something to them. You could tell they, you know, they could they talk. They talked about in their post game presser about the chirping and all the talking that had gone on the week before, and you know they they came with their game ready. You know, so. You know, we always talk about Montana keeping bulletin board material. Other teams keep bulletin board material too. So, you know, it was it was good to see them bring it bring it for I sure. I thought it was uh, interesting that they basically admitted to being like there. There was first of all, 
We had Tyler Huff on our ESPN radio show. He talked a little smack. Well, that's fine. And I didn't think it was actually that outrageous. I didn't think said. it was that outrageous. I mean, he said we played defense that are a little bit more athletic than Montana, but they tackle really well. They're really disciplined. I think that's like pretty true, actually. Yeah. Montana's defense is athletic, but that's not the thing that makes them They tick, tackle well. Right? They tackle well. They play together. They're fundamentally sound. And that's exactly what he said. That got clipped out, and then it went viral, and it, it was everybody's going crazy about yeah. it. But then... I thought it was fascinating that most of those guys that were getting Twitter wars all the week long weren't tweeting during the game because I think <laughs> I think those Twitter accounts were being run by the guys playing in the game, and then the players basically said it as much afterwards. But either way, I mean, I thought I thought it was old school the amount of smack talking that was going down. I oh, thought yeah. that was sweet. I thought it was cool, and I thought it was it was awesome to see them bring it to the table after all that smack talk had gone on. You know, backing up their quarterback and you know. It was it was a good match and it was awesome to see. So you were on the sideline and uh, we got a great picture of when Junior Bergen housed the putt. You're in the background, just going crazy. <laughs> I'll show it to you. But uh, what'd you think of Bergen, man? I mean, talk about a sense of the moment and and I just can't believe that people still kick to him. Yeah, I, I'm glad they do, and I'm glad he doesn't have as many t- returns as he does, so that we can see a game like we saw yesterday. Right. So they still think, you know, they still have confidence. We can kick it to him. He won't take it to the house. No, he will. And I, I just can't help but think back to montana state 2021 like this is a kid who is always ready for the moment for sure montana kid was originally committed to montana state flipped his commitment after you know chote left came to montana you know it's just so awesome to see his career blossom and see you know the hometown kid showing up every time the lights are the brightest you know that's when he's going to show up and i it it just leaves me speechless, truly. Like, it's it's awesome. And, you know, that's my young dog. So I, I, I watched him grow up, you know, him being a freshman. It was just so cool to see his freshman year and, you know, the work he puts in and just it's, man, amazing. It's a great testament, too, to sticking it out, right? Because I remember when I ran into you, when I knew you, when I first learned you were back in town here, I ran into you at the press box last year. You guys were having lunch. And uh, I know Junior was kind of having a hard time at that moment because yeah. he was hurt. Yes. And he, he wasn't getting a lot of balls. Man. He had a busted up hand. And you were mentoring him and saying, hey, man, man just, just stick it out, stick, stick through it. And, and he did. And now here he is. He's all-conference receiver and all-American returner. I was – man, so I called him after the first team all-conference and everything came out, and I just called him. And I was like, man, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, the injuries during the offseason, you, like, you dealing with it and you just going through it, you keeping your head down, keep grinding. Like, I'm so proud of you. Just, I just want you to – like, it's – man, it's awesome. It's awesome. And then – so tell me this. I felt that even though this was a crazy back and forth game with Furman, and they definitely swung back every time Montana threw a punch, I never thought the Grizz fully got backed into a corner or that they ever really lost control. Yeah. They were in control of the game even when it, you could say, okay, right until the false start on the two point conversion that could have won it for Furman. Other than that, the Grizz were pretty much in control. And then when it got to overtime, boom, they just slammed the door on them. So. Uh, I just think it says a lot about the confidence of the group right now because even though they're getting everybody's best shot and it was a back-and-forth game where you could be all tense, they weren't. Yeah. Uh, man, they weren't tense at all. They were ready for the moment. Every it Like, I, I hate to look back and, like, we talk about the long run by Huff and the long – connection on that third down but it truly is sure our defense was in control of that entire game no doubt and I think that's what you know the steadiness of Cliff and then the ability of the defense to always stop like they weren't getting anything in that second half right offensively Furman and you know I just think that compounded with the confidence that the team has you know even when they're down even when it seems like they're not able to get things going they still you know 
we're going to find a way to get it done. I mean, the yards are the yards and, and whatever, but like Bobby Houck said on his coach's show on Wednesday, he said, hey, we played 80 defensive snaps of football. We played 77 elite defensive snaps of football. We played three bad defensive snaps. He was referencing the 70-yard game that would set up the first touchdown, the 53-yard touchdown, and then the jump ball that Mason Pline came down with in the end zone right. to, to essentially tie the game. And that guy, oh my gosh. Did you know that story? Uh, was he D2? He started his career as a basketball player at Ferris State. I can see it. So he got Ferris State connections all over the place. Wow. <laughs> okay. And then, and then he walked on to the Ferris State football team. I think they probably gave him a scholarship pretty quick. Oh, I mean, yeah. Because he's 6'7", 260. Oh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious because when I first saw, that, saw them putting him in motion, I was like, who's that guy? I look up the specs. I'm like, 6'7", 260. Okay. I was like, why don't they throw it to him? And then when they kind of needed to, then they started throwing it to him like every down. I'm like, you guys should have just done that the whole time. You could tell that when Huff needed somebody to throw to, yeah. he knew exactly where he was going right. with the ball. Totally. Like, that was evident, especially on that last drive. Like every ball was headed to him. And, you know, he he impressed me for sure. He had a great game. Um, And then the, the, the sealer, Keelan White, I mean – He's nasty, man. That route out of the slot, froze him, boom, you get it. So, I mean, where have you seen him improve? Because I remember when he came in, they were they said, hey, this kid has a lot of potential. He's Rob. He's got a lot of potential. Now he's not Rob. Now he's just yeah. polished. And he, I don't know if you guys remember, he got a scholarship before he even played a down. You know, after his freshman year, they put right. him on full ride scholarship, which is kind of big at the FCS level for, for sure. sure to not have, have shown. And just so many things that go into that. But, man, he, I, I mean, Man, his offseason improvement and his dedication to the game and his dedication to his work ethic, you know, when me and Malik were coming up and we were we would try to mentor him, you know, he he I don't know if he fully understood, you know, what it would take. And, you know, right. finally, I could see it in him this past offseason, the work he's putting in and, you know, his focus to his craft and the the time that he's invested into it. It's I mean, he's man and you see it on the field now and i'm so glad he's getting the results because he did put in the work he did put his head down so it's it's just awesome to see those outcomes i'll do yourself a favor you got loved ones especially from out of state how about a montana made gift pack from alpine touch they have a new big sky bird blend for your turkey or your prime rib an assortment of seasonings including the cold smoke rub in collaboration with the kettle house it's the best rub for anything pork trust me alpine touch makes the best montana gifts for the holidays and stocking stuffers get yours today visit alpine touch dot com I wonder how much of this the success of this Grizz season because Bobby Houck was hired before the 2018 year so it's been six years but it's only been five football seasons and then COVID as well and you got the COVID year in there and you know the spring season where they only play two games whatever but it, it just seems to me that first of all Coach Houck's system is way different than so many other systems how so what do you mean you just got to put you got to put your time in yeah you can't be expecting to come in and play right away no matter how good you are Mm -hmm. and even old school coaches have you know kind of tossed i mean who would have thought north coast state would ever have a four-year starter quarterback but now they do that they come into missoula with cam miller as a four-year starter coach halk has been steadfast about hey hey you're gonna you're gonna have to work 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 you might toil you're not gonna get on the field until you're a third-year sophomore at the very earliest and but now they got all these guys that have been in the program for four and five years. I just wonder how much of that has a part of their success. I feel like it 100% has a part of this success. You know, you've seen how it's done wrong. I mean, these guys are guys that have been through the whole Hulk system, basically. Yes. Keelan, um, Aaron, he's been here since 2020. Who am I trying to think of? <coughs> Junior's been here for a minute. Yep. Gub, yep. you know, 
Flink, the defense. Braxton Flink, Hill, Janicaro, Trevin, yeah. all these guys on the defense. Yeah. Nash Even Bouch. TC now, who's been yeah. here for like yeah. three years. Garrett you know, Graves. Nash, Garrett Graves. Yeah. This is like a guys who have been the Hulk, in the Hawk system. They've seen where other teams have faltered. They've corrected all of that. They understand what it takes to be at the top, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, it, I mean, man. It shows that Hauk knows what he's doing, and early in the season when people were kind of doubting him, people asking questions, it's like when Aaron Rodgers said, relax, like this guy knows what he's doing, <laughs> we got to trust him and understand. But it's, it's hard to say that now because at that NAU time, we had been seeing the holes, and then that just epitomized it, and it's like, ugh. But For now sure. it's like, that's all washed away. <laughs> For sure. So often, too, with the Montana schools, we've seen teams – and and coaching styles too that cater to be really good early and like the way the Montana schools schedule you're always going to have like three home games in September because they mm-hmm. want to get you know you're always going to have two darn conference games that are probably against teams that are you know lesser competition because you want to roll them when the weather is nice get oh, everybody yeah. excited all that stuff but I think that's always been the biggest uh, point of criticism is teams maybe didn't get they didn't peak in November a lot of times they peaked in October and and. Uh, September. Yes. I mean, you saw that with like Rob Ash's teams in Montana State over and over again. Even though he was like 70 and 30 as the head coach, in November it was it was never very good, you know, yeah. and they only won two playoff games. As Bobby Houck said, he said it's such a great line at his coach's show on Wednesday. He said, when people were freaking out after the NAU win, that's absurd. But he said that delusional fans are what give college football all his charm. So bring it on you know like yeah. that, that's why that's why it's so fun because everybody is kind of crazy about it but he said i never thought for a second that we weren't going to keep on getting better and the fact that they did that's what got them to this point yeah man the constant improvement is is the key yeah it is it is the key and you know he's always preached that and it, it, i mean the the team just shows it all i mean the team shows everything that he preaches you know we listen to him every week we, we you hear coach Hauk at his coaches so you hear him at the quarterback club you hear him at all these things speak and you know he can tell it to you but the guys on the field are really what's going to show you if that stuff is being imprinted on the players or not and clearly it has been there's a lot of things that make montana great from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the west but what really makes this place special is you Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. And that's the parallel we have now with North Dakota State coming to town. You got two teams that maybe hit skids early, but have then surged. And Montana's won nine in a row. NDSU's now won six in a row. They've won three in a row in the playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Coach Ent said that same thing. He said, hey, people wanted to write us off when we lost back-to-back home games for the first time in 13 years. Well, guess what? We haven't lost since. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it is a testament to sort of having patience. But, I mean, what have you thought of the way North Dakota State's turned it around? Because there was like this narrative that, ooh, the NDSU dynasty's dead. Well, look who's in the Final Four for the 12th year in a row. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I think it's interesting because I w- was probably one of those who were kind of like, man, like they're having a down year. It might right. be a year for you know other teams to be able to thrive. And man, seeing seeing what they've been able to do in the playoffs is 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 amazing. I mean, they three losses. I don't think we've seen that from any ESU team. So it just for sure it's it's shocking when they had that eight and three record coming out of the regular season. But now what are they at? 11 and 3? 11 and 3. So, I mean, that looks even better now right. that they've got some wins underneath their belt. But, man, you can tell they're a formidable team and you can tell they have championship pedigree. It's clear. I mean, when they need to have the plays made, they make the plays every single time. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see them. When you win a game like they did in Bozeman, there's a certain element of luck to that. I mean, they they, they earned it to get it into overtime. But, you know, you put the 6'8 backup offensive lineman in there and he blocks the kick. I mean, I know Montana State struggled kicking the ball. There's just a certain element of good fortune, though. Oh, yeah. When you get that good fortune, then you got you to gotta cash a check, right? And then they went and cashed the check last week. Yeah. I mean, they, they just destroyed South Dakota. I mean, this is their best performance of the year by a lot, I thought. Oh, yeah. It, it was a great performance, great game by them. I mean, they just looked... South Dakota just looked completely outmatched for sure. In every facet of the game. Like if you wouldn't have known, you would have been like, "Oh, yeah, it's the North Dakota State of old." Like, who's the home team here? Right. If you hadn't been keeping up with the FCS right. all season long, you would have thought that was a regular. I mean, playoff experience for at NDSU, but clearly they are playing with some sort of fire. I think confidence definitely plays a role in that. The fact that they have been winning, the fact that they have been winning big besides at Montana State, you know, they've been putting up points offensively. They've been getting turnovers defensively. They, they've been very opportunistic, and I think, you know, they've been riding that, and it, it'll be see, good to see what they come into in a hostile environment. Probably the, i say, the loudest environment they've probably seen all For year. For sure. So um, I think that'll be interesting. They were raving and gushing about the environment in Bozeman, and I thought that was, uh, you know, but Montez has got a good home field, and, and so does uh, North Dakota State. It's nothing compared to what they're going to see on Saturday. Though. Yeah. Because when they're at North Dakota State, they're friendly. That's you know, right. That's their fans. And then Montana State is loud, but it's not – Wagris, and I don't think it was even packed like it would be if the Grizzlies were there right. when they played. Yeah, so um, I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be rocking for sure. Um, when it comes to what North Dakota State does offensively, I mean, just break that down for the people because they, they, it's a little bit different than what they've done in the past. I don't think they're as dominant in the run game, like with their running backs, as they have been of old. I think they relied way more heavily on their run game in the past. I think they're much more of a multiple offense now with their passing and running. Yep. Obviously, the quarterback, uh, number nine, he plays a big role in their run Cole game. Payton, yep, the Cole big, Payton the big plays quarterback. Yeah. Yes, he does a lot of their ground game in the run game. But I think in the pass game is where they've – they're maybe it's just because they have to show it more, but I think that's where they're different than they've been in the past, being able to pass over the top, being able to hit passes across the middle, receivers winning one-on-one routes. I mean, they've always had a receiver. Christian Watson is one who pops to mind for me, but there's never – I don't know if I so much associated North Dakota State in the past with their receiving game. It was more so their running back. Like, I think of Lipke, dog, running back, fullback, whatever you want to call him. For sure. Wild boar is what he is. Right. I mean, just – I mean, I thought he was going to kill somebody at that (laughs) 2021 National Championship. That guy runs so hard. I never – I mean – he was trucking those Bobcat guys like nobody's business. <laughs> that that guy is an impressive, impressive specimen. Oh, yeah. Man. And now he plays for the Cowboys, He right? does, right. I think he scored a couple weeks ago. But. Yeah, for sure. Um, He's just a rare breed, man. To, like, find guys like that. Oh, those guys only exist in, like, n- middle of nowhere North Dakota. Yes. Like, as they're just state championship wrestlers and also state champion sprinters. Like, like how does that even happen? Right, for like Montana Snell, State. Right, exactly. <laughs> just from the middle of the woods in Alaska. Right. It's crazy. Like, those guys are just, they're a rare breed. They I don't even know if you could, like 
have those guys unless you just grow up in the middle of nowhere. Right. You just stumble upon them. <laughs> they don't, you don't find them. They find <laughs> no, you. That's right. So I think of him when I think of Monta- or North Dakota State. I think of guys sure. like that in the ground game, being dominant in the ground game. They're very different this year. I think they have a more sophisticated pass offense, and I think they're able to hit guys in the air more efficiently. I mean, obviously, Cam Miller being the most efficient passer in football. So I wonder if that has been uh, – as we talked about all year with the Grizz, you have to have an identity – and I think that maybe North Dakota State was struggling to to nail their identity, and mm. now they did because they it is a departure from what they used to do. Yeah, like they run a true cor- two quarterback system where they throw the ball a lot more than people think. They their two leading rushers are their quarterbacks, right? And then they have you know the big receiver and the small receiver. But they, I mean, it's a way more modern offense than what people associate with North Dakota State. They think you know Hunter Lepke and you know. <laughs> I can't even think. Was it Sproles? Was Sproles a running back or was he a receiver? Uh, running back. Running back. Yeah. So I think of him as well. Yeah. I mean, the people just think a gap power, but that's not what they're doing really anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their 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 offense is actually more like Montana State's yeah. with a little bit more passing elements. Mm-hmm. It's not like this inside zone power eye like people think it no. is. I I. I, I I don't know if it's because of their offensive line. I don't know if it's because they made a conscious shift from it, but it just doesn't seem like that's – I mean, it doesn't seem like they're able to dominate in that area of the game anymore. They can still certainly run the ball, though, uh, and they just do it in a little bit of different fashion. Right. A lot of leaning on the quarterbacks. Uh, so how do you think all of that, though, matches up with what the Grizz do defensively? I think it matches up well just because of the fact that, that the, the quarterback run game and you know trying to get the ball a little more outside of the tackles with the quarterbacks – that's a lot of what Montana State did, and yes. you know Montana was all over that. I mean, the speed on Montana's defense to get sideline to sideline. I mean, it, I feel like it gets understated. I think about this all the time when I'm watching Montana, watching their games back. The speed and the effort at which they play on defense, yes. it cannot be understated. That plays a big part in everything, making everything go. If somebody's in the wrong gap, if somebody you know gets a hand on somebody but isn't able to bring them down, the fact that there's three, four other hats rushing to get there, sprinting to get there, trying to give their all to get to the ball, it – I think it's going to play a big facet, and I think that's why they will be able to match up well with that run game. I think it's been one of the number one things that have improved so much about the Grizz defense is, first of all, they have fully committed to relying on Alex Gubner to be the point. Like he He's always caused chaos, but now it's like whichever way he do- goes, they can then erase like that whole side <laughs> of the play. Yeah, And then if somebody cuts back, because it's not this singular safety in the run fit, they have multiple safeties in the run fit, it's like, okay, if Gubner cuts off this part, and then the linebackers over pursue this way, they still have two safeties coming downhill at you. It's the oh, biggest yeah. change in their whole defense. Yeah. I think the biggest matchup in this game is going to be the pass game. Yes. Cam Miller throwing the ball over top yep. versus our DBs and safeties. I think that's going to be a big matchup because, as we talked about, Furman had a lot of opportunities in the pass game. They just weren't able to connect with them. So, you know, is it going to be a lot of man coverage? Is it going to be zone? What it, what's, what's it going to look like? How are they going to try to attack them? And, I, man, I think that's where – if NDSU is going to find success, that's where they're going to find it. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. How about on the other side, then? You and I were talking off air that um, 
North Coast State certainly has an opportunistic defense. They've taken the ball away a lot. I think that's – I think the two things. I think that the departure from just running the ball straight up the middle down your throat, they don't really do it as much anymore, so I think that was hard for people to sort of compartmentalize. And then defensively, I just think that they have a good but not outstanding defense because I just think that they're missing – like in the scheme that they play, you got to have an incredibly dynamic edge. If you have a super fast linebacker that can run sideline to sideline, and then you got to have playmakers in the secondary. They have playmakers in the secondary. Yeah, I think their linebackers are good, but not great. And then their defensive line is good, but it's not uh, like the NDSU defensive lines of old. What you what have you thought of their defense? I thought their defense. It's definitely interesting because they do have athletes on defense. I don't think they have the size necessarily that even Furman's defense might have, but I think they play with good speed. They play with effort. You know, their edges, when I think back to the Montana State game, they they wreaked havoc. Even even, even in the South Dakota game, I For felt sure. like they were wreaking havoc. Their linebackers, I think they have a linebacker number 43. He doesn't yes. look like the biggest guy, but he flies around. For he sure. gets, I feel like he's always around the ball. So, I feel, I, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because one of the best running teams that we've seen all, in all of FCS, Montana State wasn't really able to do much on NDSU's defense in the run game. Besides know? Tommy, yeah, besides Tommy, Tommy Malai got Tommy. loose on the on the edge for sure. That I was I was saying that on my ESPN show earlier this week. I was trying to evaluate if North Coast State's defense is vulnerable to the quarterback run game, or if they're just vulnerable to Tommy Malai. Right. That's what I'm <laughs> trying know? to weigh between. <laughs> right. It's like, was it just Tommy, or can right. they be because he by was that? going nuts before he got hurt? Oh yeah, and in the past game, he was for sure. You know, finding those matchups in man, which Clifton will have to do, and that's what I think back to the matchup you're talking about. I think it also goes back to the past game mm-hmm. with the receivers. I think that's the X factor in this game because I don't foresee. You know, there being too much great success in the run game just because of, you know, what I've seen from North Dakota State. I think it's going to have to come in the past, and I think you're going to have to hit some tight windows. If you're Clifton, you're going to have to hit the ball across the middle, be able to hit guys in man coverage. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Any guy, I think he got thrown up the seam too. That's what Tommy was doing so well. Mm-hmm. He was hitting the, you know, the inside guy, whether it's a tight end or the slot. Oh yeah, and you gotta have the confidence to make that throw. Yeah, especially if they're running zero, right? Yeah. I was surprised how much man they played. I guess I maybe not what gets Montana State because that's, Montana State that's what you do, yeah. right? That's how you have to beat them. <laughs> yeah, you just say, hey, <laughs> we're gonna make Tommy make this throw, and then when he's balling like he was and he's making that throw, it's it's tough. So, uh, so you, I, we were talking about this off air too. I think that. Quarterback, the quarterback versus quarterback matchup. Yeah, I know you're not going against each other on the field at the same time, but I think whoever settles in sooner and whoever makes less mistakes is going to be key. Yes, and mistakes are the biggest thing. For sure. When you think back to that interception, a lot of people want to make this team like – one of my friends, uh, on the one of my teammates on the Stars hit me up, and he's like, man, like you guys, you boys was looking tight last week. And I was like, man, if you really look back at the game, Montana made it way more difficult than it had to be. For sure. I'm not doubting Furman. I'm not trying to shade Furman at all. They were a great opponent. For sure. Great team. But if we're being real about that game, Montana made some critical mistakes and That's some right. critical times that made that game way more close than it ever should have been. Yep. So when we have that, on our hands and we know that Montana you know we've been talking about it all year they can improve they can improve they can improve we see this we see this but they've still been winning if Montana is able to play a more perfect game similar to what they played in Montana State similar to what we've been seeing them weeks prior I don't think they have trouble beating North Dakota State it's it's uh it's so true I mean coulda woulda shoulda whatever but 
you don't get caught in zero. By, I mean, they're running all-out blitzes on both right. those big plays that Furman – and great coaching, great call, and great playmaking by Furman. But you still – you got caught off guard with both those, and, and boom, you got gashed. Ryder Meyer missed a tackle. On the other one, Corbin Walker just got sealed, and then all of a sudden, right. yeah, I mean, Huff's a great athlete, so he's off to the How races. often have we seen that? Right. McDowell, you could tell – he got screwed up on the the. It was supposed to be a hitch and go, and he threw the hitch instead. Yes. And but if he just gets the right call, that's a touchdown. And you take away those three plays, and it's a 35-14 game instead of a 35-28 overtime game. So, right. Again, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But you're right. I mean, it's only a couple mistakes. Credit to Furman. No one has capitalized on Montana's mistakes like Furman did. Right. That's why they were able to stay in the game. But. I think twofold. One, Montana got to erase those mistakes. But two, even if you do make a mistake or two, it's going to be unlikely that somebody capitalizes on them at that efficiently like Furman did. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 721 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Yeah, I, I think it's hard, and I think our defense makes it difficult because they're not going to give you anything. Like, you have to the, – the, the thing that makes this Montana defense so formidable is that they make you earn everything. Sure, you can get a touchdown, but it's like we're going to make you fight for every yard, every blade of grass to get that touchdown. Like, you know, notice how Furman, when they got tight in the red zone, they just went all, like, 23 personnel, no receivers right. on the field, everybody in the line of scrimmage. We're just going to hammer you all down, and we're just going to dive over the – the goal line like I just think you know when teams have made mistakes Montana has just made it so hard for you to get anything out of those mistakes whether it be offensively or defensively I think you know they lean on the defense and that's what's going to show up last thing is I don't think that NDSU is going to kick to Junior Brigham if they do they're foolish but I do think there's some stuff that Montana's got to shore up on the special teams Travis Benham's been lights out he's actually like one of the unsung heroes of this Chris football team but they got to figure out the kicking thing, man. They've gotten the field goal. Yeah, I mean they they. Yeah. I mean Glasgow kind of hit the yips, and then they went with Nico Ramos, and then he was good. And then last week he missed a couple, so you just can't leave points out on the field. You think about those missed field goals too. That's six points right there <laughs> I mean, for sure. There's just so many things that you can point to where you think about this game against Furman, and you know it was a great game. They put on a good match, but it's like there's so many mistakes that Montana made that they hadn't made. They had been sure in the kicking game. And, you know, if they can return to what they had been doing the, what, eight games prior to that, I don't think they'll have any trouble. Last one then on this game, North Coast State has had this gigantic intimidation factor over the whole subdivision for so long. Yeah. I don't know if that necessarily exists anymore. I'm not saying it's gone, but it's not like – I mean, it used, it used to be like – I remember watching NDSU because uh, I've been to Frisco three times to cover Eastern Washington in 2019, cover the Cats in 2021, and one is, there was one other time. All three times the North Coast State was there. Watching them warm up, you're like, oh, my God, this other team is just screwed. Like, these guys are <laughs> terrifying because their offensive line, they, they, they don't have just one. They got two or three strings yeah. of guys. They're like, that guy looks like he's leaked. That guy looks like he's leaked. <laughs> I don't know if they have that anymore, though. They don't have yeah. the Hunter Lepkes just rutting around, you know, getting crazy, frothing at the mouth. The transfer portal probably plays a part in that. I think there's probably a part of that. I also just think that they've reached the point now where they, you know, it's been five years under Coach Edge, and they have changed their identity a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's just, just a lot of differences in the world at large as well. So I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is 
so often NDSU's intimidation gives them an edge before the game even starts. Mm-hmm. They didn't have an edge over the Cats in terms of intimidation oh, when they no. went into Bozeman, and I just don't think there's any way to really intimidate this specific Grizz team because I just think they're playing with so much confidence. Yeah, I don't think this Grizz team specifically cares about the history of North Dakota State, especially Clifton, when you think about the mentality that he <laughs> yes, brings doesn't in the even games. Know, man. He, he has no idea. Yeah. He has no idea, and he doesn't care. You know, He didn't <laughs> even know that the Brawl of the Wild, <laughs> totally. like Battle of the Brawl, he doesn't know. So I think that has played a part in this whole team's mentality, and I think that's going to continue with North Dakota State. Um, it's just so interesting because we'll never know, and we won't know until the ball is thrown out there, and that's what this is all about, and I'm so like – nervous about that time but it's it's just interesting to look at the fact that coach Entz has made an announcement that he's on the way out uh, does that influence this or what do you think of that it, it you'd be lying if you said it didn't influence it it's just the fact that what type of influence which way is it going to go right? are they going to send no play one out for the gipper or whatever right. or <laughs> or are they going to play in spite of him or are they like oh our coach is leaving we're going to roll over right. and die there's just so many different ways it could go right and you know it, it's hard to tell because I personally haven't never, have never been in that situation. So right. the only thing I think back to is North Dakota State has been in this position before. For sure. You know, they have lost a coach and had to still play in the playoffs, and they've done it, you know. So I'm sure there's still some guys who were on those rosters who have experienced that before. You know, they're probably older guys now, and how how do they respond? I think – I personally think they're going to – it's going to fire them up. I think it's going to want to make them play harder. So um, that intrigues me for sure, but – you know, you never really know. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Last thing for you, this has nothing to do with the FCS playoffs, but I got to ask you about the all the stuff going on in the portal, especially the dudes from Idaho all just out, man. I mean, that's a tough hit. Everybody's going to have people enter the portal, and there's a whole bunch of reasons to enter the portal. A lot of guys that are in the portal, they want to, like, drop down or whatever, you know. Like, I mean, you'll see guys that are from Montana that want to go play at Tech or Western yeah. or Carroll yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. That's fine. That's totally different than what I'm talking about. The dudes who are, like, first-team all-conference caliber players, like Javonte McCoy and Anthony Woods – and, I mean, Trez Trainer was an all-league guy a couple of years ago before he got hurt. Yeah. All, I guess what I'm saying is all portal entries aren't created equal, and when you're losing some of your premier guys, I think it hurts you a lot. What did you think of those Idaho guys going to the portal? <sighs> Brutal. Right as, you know, Idaho. And we'll, I'll say this. That backup quarterback looked very good when he, he did, got playing sure. time. So and he's Jason X guy. I mean, he's the freshman that they brought in. I think they'll be good on that standpoint, but just the fact that your leader, Giovanni McCoy, the guy who's got you everywhere, got you to this point with Coach Eck and all the other pieces that they had, I think I think it's just brutal seeing that quarterback leave, seeing him go. And obviously, you know, if he does have the – I believe he does have the talent to play at the FBS level, and I think there will be more resources and opportunities for him at that level, so I'm, I'm happy for him. But in terms of thinking about the big sky and, you know, the, the landscape for Idaho, it's, it's brutal for sure that's where it's tough right is okay javar mccoy actually came to play for a different coaching staff i'm not saying he has any animosity or anything like that for coach Eck, it's but just he, a fact but he went there and he, he won a national award as a freshman of the year and then he was a first team all league guy and i'm sure he's already got a ton of offers i mean oh yeah well this is going now you got offers before you even hit the pole right <laughs> all right uh so 
for him to like go test himself at a high, the highest level he could play at, you can't hate on a guy, especially since he's only a sophomore. <laughs> and if he gets money to do it, I don't know, man. I'm so conflicted about this whole thing because it, it, at the same time, it sucks for Idaho. It's hard to build programs like this. But how can you hate on Giovanni McCoy for trying to go test himself? You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't hate on him for trying to go test himself. I mean, you want to ultimately play at the highest level you can to showcase yourself. So, I mean, from his standpoint, you can't hurt, you can't blame him. But it just, just, I mean, dang, it's like when the Big Sky was just getting like really competitive with Idaho, with Montana State, with you know um, UC Davis, Sacramento State. It just felt like there was a lot of talent coming up in the big sky and obviously you'd want to retain retain that in the big sky so that we can see them play for years to come but you know if he's got better opportunities which i'm sure he has you know it's it's nothing but good for him do you think how high of a level can he play at he can play the, like the pac-12 right i think he can play in the pac-12 like if he went to wazoo or something like that yeah i think he Cal. for sure i think where he would be best is like a group of six like a american conference or sure. a mountain west conference sure. like i think that's where you know he could be dangerous and he could he could shred for sure it'd be fascinating to see i think actually james madison's quarterback just went in the portal Ooh, that would be an interesting spot that would for be him interesting too man i guess it's all about like what your aspirations are right but like james madison madison i feel like that's a national brand no for sure so it's like if you go for there sure. i guess it's matter. like what do you want out of it most yeah right do you want to win most are you looking do you want IL? exposure most do you want money right. what do you want most right because i can tell you this right now i i, lo- I think Javon course man i'd love to interviewing him i've loved covering him he's not nfl he's never going to be nfl doesn't matter where he goes you don't think so not league he's not league <laughs> He's just not league, man. He's just not league. He's just not. And it's not because of anything besides that only like three guys a year are league, and he's not. Dang. So that's what I'm saying. Though. Here's the thing, though. Anthony Woods is league. Anthony Woods, sure. if he puts on 20 more pounds, is league. For sure. So then if I'm him, if that's what my ultimate goal is, then I'm making a decision to go somewhere where I can follow that path. Right, right. Anthony Woods, man, he runs with so much power and so much aggression. I think he for sure – I mean, man, you just messed me up with that. <laughs> I think, man. Here's, a, here's what I'm saying. If Vernon Adams isn't league, then nobody is in the Big Sky's man, league. That's right. all I'm saying. That, man. If Vernon Adams and Dalton Sneed and Dakota Prukop aren't league, those guys are all better pro prospects than Javon McCoy. Javon McCoy's nice, man. He's also 170 pounds, and he throws with a funny release. It is how it is. You're right. Like, he's a baller, man, and he's a right. great college football player. He could absolutely be an all-conference caliber guy in a Power 5 league. Vernon Adams' point is... I mean, Vernon Adams is, like, even nasty, Eric, uh, nasty. Even man. Eric Berrier, too. That's what I'm saying. If Eric Berrier is yeah. playing in the USFL, then so is Javon McCoy. So are you. I mean, that's a that's an incredibly high level of football. I'm yeah. just saying, like... No, yeah, you're right. It's it's just so hard to be league as a quarterback, man. It is, it is, and especially the way quarterbacks are treated these days, and the right. way they're scrutinized, and the way I mean, how many guys are even in the NFL as quarterbacks? Like seventy in the whole world. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. only carries two, maybe three. Plus, like, like, does he run like a? Has he ran a pro style system? Right. The the run around until somebody's open and throw it thing is that is great when you're an elite college athlete. It doesn't work in the NFL. 
Yeah, they want to see you stand in the pocket and that's right. dot guys up. And if you were going to be like a guy that's elusive like that, you got to run a four two like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you know, I don't think Pat Mahomes runs a four two. <laughs> no, you're right, but Mahomes is also like six three two thirty. Like yeah, Mahomes is yeah, huge. yeah, yeah. How tall is he? That's what I was going to ask. The McCoy, he's six two. Is what they six two six two one seventy is what he's listed at. So he's probably like six one. Yeah, you know they use it because they always said yeah. I was six four, and people can't believe I'm not six four. I'm six three. <laughs> that's right. So you know when those scouts get on you, that <laughs> yep. that height starts shrinking, which is so yep. funny that they want to do that in the nfl but it feels like in the nba they want to make you taller right so for sure like, i don't know it's funny. okay here's a hypothetical for you because i think you'll have an interesting perspective on this you're sammy akim in 2023 and you're uh about to be a third year junior or a, a, a third year sophomore and you get a bunch of people coming and recruiting you and prodding what are you doing it's tough, right? It is. Because you loved it here so much. And I think yeah. that I think that's the thing that's going to – and I'm not saying, saying there's anything wrong with Moscow or anything like that, but I do think there's a distinct thing that the Montana schools have where they're going to have a better chance to keep guys because – The environment. Like, where are you going to go that's a better environment? Like, you, there's some places you could go, but you have to go so big for a team yeah. better than Washington Grizz. Yeah, right? Moscow is not hard to beat. <laughs> right, right. Like, I mean, you play in the Kibbe Dome. Kibbe Dome's nice, whatever, but like – Just like the community is like – I don't think it really stands out like that. So Totally. I think there's a lot of places you can go, even at the group of six level, even right. at some of those lower FBS level, that's going to be better than a Moscow. So, yeah, from that standpoint, it's definitely – because that's immediately – my perspective is different from what Giovanni McCoy's exactly, perspective will be. Right? So when you ask me that, I'm, I'm thinking about Missoula. I'm not even thinking about right. Moscow. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. If I'm him in Moscow – Ugh. Right, I don't know. Right, it's different. Right, right, right. It's different. It's totally it different, right? It is. I mean, I think that's something that Montana has to always remember. They got to just continue to try to maximize it. Yeah. Like I've gotten so many people have asked me, like, when the Grizz season is over, whenever it might end, how many portal guys are they going to have? And I, I, I answer, I really don't think a lot, man. I don't know. I, I don't know either, but I really don't think a lot. I just, I think that there's like the guys that have like the top level talent that could be like lured away for money or whatever. I just think a lot of those guys are so entrenched here. How do you like, think like Montana? If you're Junior Brigham, why would you leave? You're you're a god right now. I mean, like people <laughs> think you're a superhero right now, you know? Right. And How he's do... getting nil stuff. He's get. I mean, he's he's making some money doing it here. So that's that's what I was gonna ask. Is how do you think guys on the team are doing nil wise? Like, do you think? Like, I think Bergen's doing well. Yeah, but like, how well? I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's that really is what it boils down to. Is right. like, are they gonna be getting? prodded by other teams that's the part that's that, what it that's the part too where it's like like i heard a story I, i'll leave the names and the schools out of it but i heard a story about a guy who's right now in the portal but he entered the portal because he wanted to be a grad transfer and he wanted to go get a specific grad degree and he wanted to explore these specific schools that had that and he didn't have any intention of going anywhere besides those specific schools and if he didn't like it he was going to come back to where he was at and they had a mutual agreement with the coaches he said i'm just putting my name in the portal so i can explore these two schools if i don't like them or it doesn't work out or i can't play there i'm going to come back put his name in the portal as soon as he's in the portal he's got multiple hundred thousand dollar plus offers and he's like how, he's torn he's like how can i say no yeah because man especially if we're like considering some you know some people come from different places different backgrounds like that is so much yeah. money for anybody yeah but like there that's like in college too that's like money that some people's families have never even thought about having yeah you know what i mean yeah man that's so crazy that's and see that's the thing is like going out there to test those waters you know right. you never know i mean it, it's it's just interesting it, I, I i don't know how to think on it. i don't know which direction it's gonna go i just 
it's it's going to be interesting to watch it play out for sure you're a bad person to ask this because you're you have good perspective on like the things that are outside of just like money and fame right you know what i mean like that that's the thing is it it all depends on what you want what are you chasing right if you Mm want to be a part of something where you're winning and it means something to a whole bunch of people and you want to play in front of a bunch of fans it's hard to beat Montana. Right. Because if we're being honest, I had the opportunity when COVID yeah, happened right, during totally. that fall. Right, right. I was graduated. I had just got my degree. Right. I could, you know, I had done great things for the city of Montana, great things for the team, you know, everything. Like I yeah. felt like I could have left and still been, you know, remembered well, and, remembered yep, well. Totally. But to me, it just came down to loyalty and the fact that, you know, Montana was my only offer. There was nobody else coming to call me. You right. know, some of these guys, it's, it's different. You know, it, it's just different. There wasn't as much. The NIL was barely. My thing, my senior season nil wasn't even a thing. No, so it, had, wasn't it, even it, happen, my, it yeah. hadn't even happened yet. That right. was the next summer. So, you know, it, it's I have a totally different perspective. For sure, for sure. Well, I appreciate you sharing your perspective because I I think that that's uh, valuable, and I also hope that these young people that have these opportunities, they weigh all of the yeah. options that go. I mean, that a thousand, that a hundred thousand dollars at that time coming out of COVID, Man. if you would have asked me that. I'm not going to lie. It, it would have made things definitely different. 100%, man. I love Missoula, but, I mean, money like that, you, I mean, it's you're talking about, at that time, I was probably 22, yeah. to be 23, 22, 23-year-old 23 right. college student, you right. know, with, with, like, what? Of it's course. It's crazy, right? Like, it's crazy. Right, right. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. We'll see how it all filters out because I do think that there's going to be a regression back to the mean. I think there's going to have to be a regression oh, back yeah. to the mean. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But you I talking think, team-wise regression back to the mean? I, I just no. I just think that like like right now, what's going on with the NIL collectives is not in the spirit of the rule. Yeah. NIL is supposed to be for like Junior Bergen to endorse something. Like he's a star, so he's endorsing your products. Like, mm-hmm. and he's getting paid for his image. Right. That's what name, image, and likeness is. These NIL collectives that are giving everybody money, no matter who they are. It's setting a bad precedent. Like, if you're offering six-figure deals to guys that are FCS offensive linemen transfers that don't have any prestige within your community or your program, you're literally just paying those guys to come to your school. Right. And what service are they providing you? Right. Like and these, it's setting a bad example for them going forward. Like That's right. It's not like that in the real world. Exactly. Everybody's not going to get a deal. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, University of Utah, every single guy has got a brand new truck. Every single football player at University of Utah. What? But it's all on lease. So then when your career's done, you got to turn the truck back in. What a weird thing to like get handed a brand new truck when you're 19 years old and then it goes away and then you're like, well, dang, I'm not going to be able to afford that same truck until I'm 40. Right. Like it, it just, it's, yeah. that's bad for the development of the human brain. I yes. Think. That's what I'm thinking about. You know, is like, you're setting a bad example, letting them know, like, they're they're getting everything handed to them, not right. having to really put in any work. Right. Like, like to get the little nil that I got right. my senior year, I had to work my butt off for to be sure. able to make a name for myself, to be able to right. be somebody who was revered in the community. Like giving everybody that the second they step on campus, that's just I just think it's setting a bad precedent. I, for sure. I totally agree, man. And like you see these some of these Montana State offensive linemen now, they're getting these Power Five offers, but it's like if you go. 
if you're getting paid money to go be a backup at Texas Tech, then that's not in the spirit of the rule, and that's just making it so that the Texas Techs and Texas A&Ms of the world can just buy everybody, and that's yeah. just going to mess up all the rest of it. Yeah. There has to be some sort of regulation on all of this. Yeah, it, it does, and and I, I can't remember what I was listening to. I can't remember who I was talking to, but somebody said they should just like basically ba- like the way they made it sound is they basically said the 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 players should union up and just right. like, make it just like salaried and make right. it like you know I would have less problem with that. Yeah, because then it it's not like this disingenuous lie. Yeah. If like, it's oh, just like, hey, his name, image, likeness. and then it's like, then you don't have all this weird controversy. Like, why are these guys leaving all these places? It's like, oh, he's he he declared for free agency and got a bigger contract. Right. Right? It's just like being a pro. It's just <laughs> yes. like you're trying to do. You're trying to climb the ladder. And nobody is like, oh, Sammy and Kim shouldn't go take a more lucrative contract with another pro sports team. No one says that. They're right. like, we want you to do that. But in college, it's about tradition. It's about you're an amateur, all this stuff. They're not. Let's stop that. Exactly. So when we get past that, once we finally get past that barrier and stop calling it amateurism, we can have a different conversation. That's why I want them to just re-stratify the whole thing. And the SEC is the big leagues. And then you got like, and it's just like the minor league system. And then if guys are like, hey, I'm going to the portal because I got a better opportunity. Like that's the, the other thing is like all these letters that these guys post and it's like this formula and everybody's yeah. just copy each other. It's like, I love all my teammates and all my coaches. That being said, I'm leaving you guys. See ya. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like why not just be like, Hey, I'm betting on myself and I want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just that's exactly it. I love all you guys, but <laughs> but I'm out, right? Like I love my man. coaches, but see ya. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, right. it's brutal, man. Right. It just seems it so disingenuous. It's like, and I and I understand why guys do it too, though, because it protects you. You know, you don't. Have, it, it makes it so that it's just kind of homogenized. I get right. it. I get right. why they why it's like that. Right, but it, it's just it's it's just a skewed thing. It's not in the spirit of what it's supposed to be. How long do you think it'll be until the NCAA is gone? Uh, I think a lot sooner than people think. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to crater the entire thing. People don't understand this. The college football playoff is not an NCAA mandated event. It's that not. is a private entity that runs that mm-hmm. for profit, and it has literally nothing to do with the NCAA. 100%. They do not want to give a dime to anybody that's not in the Power Five, let alone probably the top 20 schools in the country. Why that's do you think Florida State didn't get in? Exactly. They don't want to give anybody any of that. They want it to be the powers that be and that is it and that's not it, there's there is no trickle down economics the teams there. that are going to bring the most money that's exactly right alabama brand yeah texas brand georgia lsu yeah, yes and there's no trickle down economics in that model whatsoever the rest of the ncaa is based on the trickle down economics of the ncaa tournament men's basketball right it's only a matter of time before that gets privatized by a private entity once that happens i absolutely think so the NCAA tournament is amazing, though. It's absolutely amazing. Why would they mess that up? Because money rules everything, and money. But they're not making enough money now. That's the part where we want to believe that Cinderellas are the thing that rule NCAA tournament. But no, there's only upsets in the first round, and then after that, you're seeing nothing but blue bloods. Yeah. Florida Atlantic was the Cinderella of last year as an eight seed going to the Final Four. Florida Atlantic has a top fifty budget in men's basketball. There's no Cinderella there. They're spending more money than almost everybody in the country on men's basketball. FAU? FAU. Oh. So it, it, there is no Cinderella. It's all pay to play. Of this, We did a whole analysis on it on Nuanas Now last year. Of the Sweet 16 teams, 15 of them had top 50 budgets. There is no Cinderella. Wow. 
They just like to seed it like that. Right. And you can still seed it like that. You can still have a 64-team tournament with a 16th seed. Privatized. If that, if that 16th seed is the ninth team out of the SEC, now the SEC doesn't have to share any money with the Big Sky Cowers, and the rich get richer, and that's what they want. And you might be able to play your way into that tournament. You still might be able to have a Gonzaga or a Utah State or whatever who's not in the Power Five get into this big league deal. But it's a way to consolidate all the money. That's what the big schools want. They don't want to share any of the money with the little schools. And as soon as the NCAA <laughs> tournament doesn't exist, now you don't have any funding for women's sports. Now Title IX doesn't need to exist uh, from, a, from a fear legality standpoint. Right. Culturally, it needs to exist forever. Right. But from a legality standpoint, it doesn't need to exist anymore. And then you don't have, like, so many schools offer non-revenue producing women's sports simply to offset football scholarships. Once you don't have NCAA championships for the non-revenue sports, you don't have to abide by Title IX rules. And then, boom, now, you got, teams now you got 60 schools that are just playing pro sports. And that's what's going to happen. How do you think this trickle-down economics model works in the FCS? So here's football? what I so – this is why I keep saying. People always ask me, why are you always so, uh, so pro-Montana and Montana State moving up? I'm not them. I'm not pro them moving up. I'm pro them being ready to realign when the fracturing happens. Uh, so, so you, you want them to already be up when that happens? Not even necessarily that. I want them to be ready to be able to compete with the schools that they're going to have to realign with. Right, like the Mountain West. Exactly. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think that all this is going to fracture, and the top, I think, 75 to 80 revenue-earning football programs will dictate everything. They'll be over here in this league. Then you're going to have a new level of Division One, which is like the group of five meets the top of the FCS. That's going to right. be the, and it's going to be a playoff division. And Montana, Montana State need to be in that division. Yeah, offer more scholarships, but you're not trying to compete with Georgia. You're offering eighty instead, eighty-five scholarships instead of sixty-three, mm-hmm. but you're still playing in a playoff mold. And the league that I hope that they end up in is uniting of the Montana schools, the Dakota schools, Idaho, yeah, and then Wyoming, Utah State. Colorado State, Air Force, and New Mexico. Mm. Triple option coming back. Maybe Nevada, but I think Nevada would have to stay paired with UNLV, and UNLV with the Vegas market, they're going to want to be aligned with the West Coast schools. So I think there's going to be two new conferences out West. It's going to be Washington State, Oregon State, all those California schools like Fresno, San Jose, San Diego State, State. Sac State, all those will be, and then UNLV, Nevada, Boise State, NAU. And then you have a new Rocky Mountain Front League that's all those, the Montanas, Dakotas, the Colorados. The Snowbell. Exactly. The Snowbell. <laughs> exactly. Shout out Andrew Schmidt. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be crazy, man. Uh, anything else to add before we get you out of here? No, oh, man. Do you want to give a prediction or do you just want to mm. ride it? No, you're, you're, you're nah. feeling good. You're feeling good. I'm not going to uh, say I think anything. we both are on the same page, though. I think that if Montana plays their best game, and if they play, I, I think, not even their best game, if they play well, Clean. Uh, clean. I think that they are a favorite over at North Coast State. The book has it as even money. I think they're a slight favorite because they're at home. They're rolling. And NDSU is good, but I do think they have flaws. I thought NDSU was a one-and-a-half one point favorite. There's some money that's been pouring in on the Grizz a little bit, so now uh, it's back to even money. Wow. What is So what does even money mean? That means no. It just means like two to one. It just means like nobody's really favored. Uh, Betting North Coast State half a point or Montana half a point gets you the same odds. Oh, uh, okay. Man, I, I'm – Still new to the verbiage. Yeah, it's of all good. That stuff. You don't need any of that in your life, I promise. It, it, it breaks your brain. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun afternoon. I can't believe the Grizz have gotten to this point, but I actually can. And uh, 
It's been fun talking Grizz with you all year, man, man. It's been awesome. We'll do one more no matter what happens, but uh, hopefully sure. it's one uh, when we're on our way to Frisco. For sure. <laughs> Sammy Kim, Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gem located in Anaconda, Montana. Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamy, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course a gem of the Treasure State located in Anaconda, Montana. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash betterwifi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications.